coming to CuriosityStream. Go on an adventure, 66 million years in the making, with Dino Week. From new discoveries about the dinosaurs we thought we knew, to the mind-blowing species still being unearthed, and the controversial discovery that could rewrite history, did dinosaurs survive longer than imagined? Dino Week on CuriosityStream. And with monthly, annual, and bundled pricing plans, find the one that works for you at CuriosityStream.com. Greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome in today for episode 103 of the Podwans podcast. I am your host, Char Char J, joined by my co-host, Harith Productions. What's up, everybody? And our other co-host, for the time being, Carter. Hello, everybody. As you can tell, uh, Luke's not here. Luke will be taking a month hiatus so that he can, you know, cool down. He's been doing podcast stuff for a long time. So him giving him this break, he needs it, honestly. So... Harith, I, and Carter, and so Carter will be switching spots with someone else as a host. So for the time being, Carter will be hosting this episode, and uh, we got two guests on today to talk about Heroes of Mandalore, which, by the way, season four, start of season four, episodes one and two, Heroes of Mandalore, a lot of Sabine, a lot of Kanan, a lot of Ezra, a lot of Hera, just a lot of dark, dark saber lore. It's going to be great. Um, two guests on, Carter, are you ready to go? Yep. Okay, let's okay, go. Sound like the Jedi Knights are all but destroyed, and yet your task is not complete, Inquisitor. The Emperor has foreseen a new threat rising against him. The Podwans Podcast. We are back. Okay, so the first guest coming out today is... I think I said this not too long ago that he holds the mantle as most appeared guest on our show. He's even hosted shows, which he will be actually in he this coming be. time. And he is the the X-Wing connoisseur, anything flying, anything piloting. He is that guy. Let's bring in Chase at Ford into the Black. Why, hello there. How's it going? What's going on, Chase? Oh, it's going great. How are you guys doing? Really good. Are you excited yeah. to talk about today's episode? Super excited. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'll say this. I'm not like the biggest like Mandalore Mandalorian fan, but I do really enjoy this episode or these two episodes, I should say. Um, I love Sabine. Uh, Sabine is one of the coolest characters. Who doesn't love Rebels. Sabine? Yeah, just yeah. super cool overall. So very excited to talk all about Sabine and the, the Mandalorians. And I'm just excited to talk about this episode in general because of like how well it ties into what's going to be coming up with Ahsoka. So yeah. uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun episode to talk about. But Chase, where can the good people find you on social media? You can always find me mostly on TikTok, sometimes on Twitch at Forward Into the Black, talking mostly about Star Wars and usually a little bit about Star Citizen here and there. Wait, Chase, what was that other game you were talking about that one time? It was called Starfield. Starfield, which will be coming yeah. out in September. I will yeah. most likely be doing a lot of coverage on. It's more of a single player game, so the Talking about it can only go so far, um, but I will be definitely talking about that. Comparisons to Star Wars, comparisons to Star Citizen, and other sci-fi stuff. Awesome. So, Chase, I love the monitor setup in the back. Oh, thanks. I got a little moving background for you it's guys. It's like the um, the OG Battlefront from PlayStation 2. What's great about the, the setup is I, I can put on Subway Surfers if people are getting bored. If we lose viewers, viewers, Subway yeah. Surfers or Minecraft goes on. Or those oh, Minecraft parkour. Yeah, my, Minecraft the parkour. Games, the random ad games are oh, like so good. really crappy, and someone's always doing like the worst possible move in. I think I'm back. 
All right. Well, Chase, it is great to have you. And our second guest coming on today, he has been gone a while, but now he's back. Um, he has been on, a, I think he's been on a few of our Rebel shows, correct? I mean, he's been on for, for Rebels. I know he's been on plenty. No, I wouldn't say plenty. He's been on a few Clone Wars episodes as well, and he's been on a few reactions as well. Let's bring in Caleb at CJ Star Wars 94. Hey, how's it going, everybody? It's going. Oh, man, I'm excited to be I back. Asked you, I asked you before this episode, and I was trying yep. to figure out which what was the last episode of Pod Ones you were on. Was, and I couldn't recall. Do you remember? Yes, it was a stealth strike. The episode with Kanan and uh, Rex having to team up. Stealth strike. Was that the one with Kier? Kier was on that one, right? Or I believe so. A different one. Harris, that... correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I don't remember. I thought you were on the Zeb and Callus. Yeah, it was. It was. Reason. It was. Uh, Danny. It was Danielle and Kier. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. It was like 30 episodes ago. It was a while ago. <laughs> yeah. But um. But uh, Caleb. Uh. How how excited are you to talk about Heroes of Mandalore today? Oh, I'm I'm pumped. I rewatched the episodes today, and I'm ready to talk about them. Good. And uh, Caleb, where can the good people find you on social media? I know from your handle where you know they can find you, but uh, yeah, name everything. Yeah. So we've got Twitch, YouTube, TikTok. Uh, I just started Kick because everybody's moving to Kick now. Um, yes. And hourly uh, pay, baby. Yeah. And so. Um, on all of that stuff, you can find me at Escape Reality Films. And uh, funny enough, y'all mentioned Starfield. Thank goodness the game I've been playing moved where uh, it's coming out on because I've been prepping for Baldur's Gate 3. They decided to, nope, August 3rd instead. <laughs> um, so that works out for me because now I can play both if I want to without it being too much of an issue. But uh, So I've been playing that and then... I talk Star Wars. I've been keeping up with new comic books. I just posted today about um, Higher Public Adventures issue six. I'm a few issues behind, and uh, that's. And then I do movie reviews also on TikTok. I've been going to the movies. I just saw Indiana Jones this past weekend. Oh, oh my! I saw nice. it last Friday. It was incredible. Oh, it's it. so good. It's yeah. so good. <laughs> and um, I remember. Uh, so Chase, I'm not Chase. Uh, Caleb. Yeah. I remember it was about a, it was a little over a year ago when I came on your podcast to talk about Brotherhood. Yeah, um, I had a really fun time with that. Um, oh, so yeah, we got to work out a time when you can when you can come back on. I guess. Yeah, it's been a long time. Um, but I'm not in, I'm not, I'm not being like, hey, bring me back on your podcast. <laughs> uh, but no, it, go check out Escape Reality Films. I'm sure that you will love hearing all of his reviews, all of his book reviews, and everything that he loves to cover. So, oh, I love it, Caleb. I, thank you for coming on. Um, Harith, are we ready to get the ball rolling with the show? Hell yeah. Well, let's right. go. Before, Carter, take it hold away. On. Let's do a little icebreaker, even though we all kind of know each other already. And I actually really like this question. If you were to have Sabine paint one thing for you, what would it be? I already got my answer locked in, but I'm going to let you guys go. One first. thing Sabine would paint for you. Wow. It's a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of things, Char? One thing. Whoa! <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway, um, Caleb or we'll Chase, go, whenever you, uh, yeah, yeah whenever you get one, what, um, what would Sabine paint for you? Uh, paint one of my bikes for sure. Hello, cat. Uh, uh, maybe paint my cat. That might that might work well. Um, 
I think one of my bikes, having a bike painted by Sabine would be super cool. Like just being able to ride that around and people are like, oh, that's a, that's a Ren piece, isn't it? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it, it, what kind of bike is it? Is it a Schwinn? I have six bikes right now. Um, oh. So, okay. Uh, probably my gravel bike. Um, like my really, my really, the fanciest bike I have. So what would the paint look like? Would it just be the typical brown, the, the purple, she paints, orange? The orange with the checkerboard, like that yep. paint job on my bike would be sick. Because that paint job is also available in squadrons, and I love flying that thing around. Uh, so yeah. Interesting. Would, so so your bike. Okay. Love it. Caleb, love it. what do you got? I, I'm also going to go vehicle-based because I feel like just a vehicle always looks great with Sabine paint jobs. And so I'd have to go my truck and maybe go with the definitely go with the high republic republic logo hey, I, I like nice. that um but i'd go the the blue and black variant that okay. that they that's on a lot of the t-shirt promotionals for it and i i think that could look really cool and maybe some like flames along the side with it oh yeah wait, that'd I be see, cool <laughs> wait can we see your shirt uh, yeah, yeah. so uh, this is a th- this is a higher public one that was like done by um, some friends bought it for me for Christmas as a paint as like a pre-made shirt that somebody made. Oh, oh we're all the republic. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. When'd you when'd so, you get that? Uh, I it was on a shop. I'd have to ask my friend where they found it. It was one of those digital shops, and some fan made it, and so. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Harith. What would Sabine I, paint for you? I feel like I, I was thinking about this for a while. I'll probably go with like a custom PC. Like just imagine like a Sabine like orange and white PC with like like the like the white RGB. Whoa. Like that would look so good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into that. That's fine. Carter, what would you have Sabine paint for you? So I'd have to wait a little bit longer because I couldn't do it right now. But once I'm older and I get my own house, I'm gonna want my office space to have a whole mural of just sabine artwork in general kind of like what thrawn has in his office but imagine Mm -hmm. that but over an entire wall i think that would be super cool that would be crazy for everything Uh (laughs) because i mean it's just on a little rock but to just have that i'm talking the whole style of that wow (laughs) yeah all i know that's why i don't want to do it now because they'd have to get painted over by a whiteboard or something so i gotta own the house first yeah i mean i mean you can get a done right there i mean there's there's so much white going on you need you need some oh, uh, yeah, right bean color right you, need, you yeah. need you need some purple some orange I need some, something you need you need something it's 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 too white i know it's <laughs> you're, not you're, well, this it's is like my, you're in heaven this is my this is my girlfriend's room and she's letting me use it right now but she needs some stuff and you need to get on that asap yeah well i mean hey sabine run you know but anyway yeah. i would probably have and my Char, entire... what about you I would probably have my entire room painted that um, that purple yeah. color because it just I don't know something about vibrant colors. Yeah, it's like it's it it feels good in a way. It makes like, a room feel more uh, lively, and to have like a bunch of just the phoenix wings across my yeah, like on each wall. Oh, that'd be cool. 
It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Yeah, with the checker in the background. Oh, my God. I don't know something about so something about Sabine's art is just like it's it stands out from every other artist, and Thrawn mm-hmm. knows this. <laughs> he appreciates it. Yes, um, Ezra did. Why would he walk into Thrawn's office wearing Sabine's art? It's so dumb. Exactly. <laughs> so dumb. I love him. But... All right, Carter. Without further ado, give us the synopsis let's... of this episode. Yeah, let's get on with the story. Uh, so, wait—is there no story intro anymore? We got rid of it. No. Okay. Sorry yeah. about that. Format okay, so shifted. Ezra and Sabine. Ezra. Well, first off, season three is over. We jump into season four. Ezra and Sabine are on a mission to free Sabine's father, Alrich, from being captured by Clan Saxon and the Empire. Ezra, along the way, Ezra can use a jetpack. We got some cool chase scenes with Imperial transports on Mandalore. Um, once. Uh, they think they are successful. Then Tabar Saxon uses the Duchess, which is a weapon created by Sabine Wren, on all the Mandalorians. Sabine is then pre- then presumes that her her brother Tristan and her mother Ursa are dead, and the episode ends. This this continue this starts and continues a moral conflict within Sabine with her relationship with Mandalore. Next episode starts, and Tabar sends troops to finish the job where. Um, in the relics of the old battle. After that, Tabar talks with Thrawn, and Thrawn knows that destroying the Mandalorian armor is only going to make the Mandalorians more bad, and they're going to make them more of a problem, but Tabar Saxon does not, does not realize the importance of this. Realizing they need Sabine to go on with their plans, the Empire goes to capture her. After Mandalorians do not... Um, after after the Mandalorians do not want Sabine because of the weapon that she created, Sabine owns up to her actions and they are more forward. And and then oh sorry about that. Uh, Sabine Sabine owns up to the actions because owns up to her actions. And then uh, the Mandalorians move forward on a strike against Tabar's Star Destroyer. They get to erase the data and destroy the Duchess, putting. Uh, putting everything to a close and at the end of the episode Sabine realizes that she does not want to own the Darksaber anymore and gives it to Bo-Katan. That was kind of rough. Some slack. It's a hey, it's first of many. First of many. Yeah. I mean, you've never hosted the show before, so it's a little bit different. But I, I mean, hey, hey, you got it down. You got yeah, it perfect. Yeah, he has before. And you got down the points that we need to I consider. actually have. I've done it once before and it was... Because Luke threw him on the spot once as a joke. Yeah, that's that's what Luke like, does. Don't worry about Luke. <laughs> um, I'm Luke. I am what remains. All right. Well, the corn with the yeah. desert sand of Arizona. Exactly. Um, but then I guess I'm just going to steal. Or hey, do you want to go next with your question? Well, yeah, sure. So obviously, this episode deals a lot with the clans and different families and found family, and mainly Sabine's blood family. So giving into that kind of theme of the episode, what impact has Star Wars had on your family? If not family, then found friends. Ooh. 
Um, I can, I can, I can start with that. Um, cause like my dad got me in star Wars when I was a kid, like we had the VHS tapes of the original trilogy. Uh, and then my cousin who's much older than I am, he took me to see, uh, four five and six in the theaters when the special editions came out. So like, that was like always a big thing for like part of my family. But even now, uh, I've become like the star Wars encyclopedia for my family as they're watching like the shows and stuff. Cause they're all getting really into the Mandalorian and to book above Fett and, or, uh, and Kenobi, uh, and resistance. Like, yeah. They don't do the animated shows. <laughs> they're, they're like, they're like, we're not doing the cartoon. I was hoping well, that you would say resistance. Uh, I, so I've convinced one person to like at work to watch resistance, um, for his kid. He's got like a eight, seven year old daughter and she, hated the clone wars uh and i was like and he was like it was just like she couldn't get past the animation style and she was just all it was was clone shooting each other and she's really not into that and i was like you know what show her resistance on disney plus it's basically about race like like race car drivers but they're you know flying around it's very colorful and he's like you know what i'll try that and he's like he showed it to her and he she was into more into it than the Clone Wars, but I don't know if she's fully sold yet. But she she definitely did like it more than the Clone Wars. But my family super into the, all the live action stuff, and they're all like, "Who is this person? Okay, this person came in. I know they have to have some history. Who are they? Where are they from? Are they from a book? Are they from a show?" Uh, and so doing that, and my family now has given me like such a different perspective on Star Wars and like the reception of Star Wars of like my favorite one. And I think I've talked about it on this is when people talk about the Mandalorian episodes of the book of Boba Fett and like, Oh, how he robbed the show. But for like a lot of casual fans, not yeah. having Din in the, in the book of Boba Fett would have been really disappointing for a lot of less intense fans of like, we have to remember Din is just silver Boba Fett to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so yeah. they're like, they're like, oh, I really liked the book of Boba Fett and it was really cool. But once Din showed up, it was like awesome. And then it kicked off from Din to that amazing finale. And like my 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 dad, my sister, they loved the book of Boba Fett. Uh, and a lot of that really did. As they off. should. As yeah, they should. it's a great show. Um, so, yeah, that's that. And then uh, friends, obviously, you guys I uh, wouldn't have you yeah. guys without Star Wars. Um, but my. Uh, my friend Roddy, who I, I did road council with many moons ago, we um, when Force Awakens came out, we went to downtown Atlanta to watch every single Star Wars movie in the theater back to back. And then, oh, you went to the twenty-two oh, yeah. hour. Yeah, we did the twenty-two oh, hour oh, premiere. So you, we, we sat in a theater for for basically from midnight till I think, I think it was one a.m. I don't think it, no. It was it was midnight oh. to midnight, and then we got out of the theater to go watch the Force Awakens. Like it, it was like we you get pulled out of one theater to go into the other theater because there was going to be more than one theater showing the Force Awakens opening night at midnight. So we left that theater after watching one through six, and then went to go watch the Force Awakens. Like the first people to watch Force Awakens in public, that was great. It's like Did you. I want to do that, but at the same time, I don't know if I can sit down on a chair for that I long. I slept yeah. through Attack yeah. of the Clones. I was going to say, yeah. I, I yeah. did sleep through oh. most of Attack of the Clones and then Return of the Jedi. Um, but... It's even crazier now, which I've I've made a, I've put the runtime for everything, including TV shows. It's insane. It take you. It would take you a week 
currently if you were to just watch everything. Oh. Absolutely not. I feel it would take like almost a week just to get through the Clone Wars, it feels like. Yeah, Clone Wars takes up the, the beefy chunk of yeah, it. Yeah, isn't Clone Wars like a collective of like 250 hours of it's, content? It's long. It's long. Yeah, because you have seven seasons. The first five are... 120 episodes. Do you include the movie in that? Yeah, no. I, I, well, I included the movie in my and in my runtime. Yeah, so that's even longer. That's another hour and a half. Yeah. I mean, there's what? Are there ten shows? If you were to count them. Yeah. If you were, if you were to, if you were to count everything, there's like twenty three total. Yeah, Clone Wars TV show is two days and nine hours and thirty eight minutes on its own. That's gross. And and like five minutes of it is good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kid, uh, uh, but you were still answering. I'm sorry if I. Oh no, I, I'm go. I'm I'm good. On uh, yeah, I. For me, it, I mean, very similar. Like I think we can all appreciate because of what we do that we're the encyclopedias to our families and friends for the most part. Yeah. Um, and then like very similar situation my dad grew up with star wars i found a, he got a copy of phantom menace for his birthday and i watched that thing on vhs over and over fast forwarding the parts i didn't care about as a second grader uh, <laughs> which means just going to the blaster fights the lightsaber and the pod race yep. um, and then uh but now i appreciate the rest of it as an adult obviously because i understand the politics that are now being set up in that um and I think also on top of that, like my dad coming from that generation, though, he was not the type that hated a lot of the stuff that you hear about people from that generation hating. Like my dad lo loves Jar Jar. So like I just get the positive energy yeah. of that from him. So like my and... dad was the same way. He, he loved the prequels. And when the sequels came out, he loved those, you know. He, he, you know, he grew up, he, he watched, you know, the original Star Wars in the theaters, you know, a bunch of times. Yeah. But, you know, it's like he was like, yeah, it was like when the sequels came out, I was like, it was so cool to see Han, Luke and Leia again. That was just that was enough for him. Yeah. Uh, and everything else was just extra fluff that he really enjoyed. So, yeah, my dad, I'm, I'm very fortunate that my dad was like, yeah, it's all great. He he bought the prequels on DVD um, when they came out. So, yeah. And I, I think that positive energy feeds into raising me and you the the way we are as star wars fans where we can just appreciate mm -hmm. star wars uh, for what it is yeah. and it's intern john this holiday season spend more time enjoying the occasion safeway simplifies your holiday prep so you can savor every moment from gift cards to party trays beer wine and delicious desserts like freshly baked pies cookies and custom cakes decorated to order safeway is your holiday headquarters so make sure to visit your neighborhood safeway today or shop online for easy pickup or delivery they're here to help you sincerely safeway your favorite local supermarket. How long was Neil Armstrong actually on the moon? When did Europe start speaking English? Did Marco Polo really go to China? Curiosity Stream is the streaming service for all things history, plus science, wildlife, and more. What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. For the holidays, get the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com slash gift. 
I think that that that's the most important thing I've taken from my family when it comes to Star Wars. And very similarly, I go back to them to see how they feel about TV shows and stuff mm-hmm. compared to us. And then it's that same reaction of I just liked it because it's Star Wars. And then uh, and then on top of that, my dad finally went through the animated shows like this past year. Yeah, last year he finally went through them and he 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 enjoyed it. He liked Clone Wars and then immediately started Rebels, enjoyed Rebels more. He'd watched Resistance before when it was coming out, uh, but he went back and finished it. And Rebels is his favorite, but he, he mm-hmm. likes them all. My my dad would call me when Andor was coming out. My dad would call me uh, at the day of every episode, and and I told him one day, "Oh, I haven't watched yet." And he was like, "I'm really disappointed." In that episode, yet. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "I'm busy." Uh, but uh, Andor is his favorite now. He really liked Andor, um, but yeah, it, he he would always call me. He's like, "Did you watch it?" Okay, that was awesome. Now, who is that? Have we been there before? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's Coruscant. Coruscant's in the prequels, right? And I'm like, yep. <laughs> yeah, and like I live with my family still, so they see me collecting the like timelines book and all the visual dictionaries. So it's in our living room on our coffee table, and I joke, that's our coffee table books. That that like you got to have your coffee table books, and th- those are the coffee table books to me. That's awesome, uh, Harris. I mean, it's it's funny because, again, very similar experience as CJ. I was introduced with the 2004 special editions. I remember my dad sitting me down and watching A New Hope and then going through the original trilogy and then going through the prequels. Not the same experience as CJ and Chase. They were definitely not fans of episode one and two. They were definitely more fans of three. I remember, again, watching them all on, like, DVD. Like, you know, like, like we had, like, the van with, like, the TV that would pull down and, like, mm-hmm. the DVD yep. player. And we would watch, like, Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace constantly. Like, oh, that was such an experience. And then, yeah, just same with everyone else. December would roll around every year. We would go watch the newest Star Wars movie. Never saw Solo, but we watched the sequel trilogy all the way through and Rogue One. And, yeah. I mean, with the shows, it's very interesting now because it's, like... Again, they're very much fans of Mando and Book of Boba Fett and Kenobi, but they did not like Andor. Wow. Hmm. They thought it was too slow for them, and we had very much different disagreements about that. But So it's like a very interesting kind of like like we disagree on things type of discussions. That is interesting. How about you, Charlie? See, my story is interesting because when I heard Chase talk about his with Andor and how his, his, his parents were like, oh, is that Coruscant? That's in the prequels. My family never cared about Star Wars. I honestly have no idea how it latched on to me because I remember the first time I experienced it was it was back in 05. I was five years old um, because my birthday's in April and then Revenge of the Sith was coming out in May. So TNT was replaying all the old movies and Attack of the Clones happened to be on. So that was the first movie I watched and I it just stuck. Um, and I was like a casual fan for years. And then once The Force Awakens was about to come out, Boom. <laughs> Outer space. Um, my love, like, like, like exponentially rose. So my family never really was involved with Star Wars. They never really batted into that, except for me somehow. Um, so I'm kind of like the, um, the odd one out in that case. But for my friends, um, my best friend growing up, uh, his name is Marcus. And so his dad and his older brother were Star Wars fans. So like they were kind of the outlet for me to talk about that and appreciate that. And because I was because no one in my family really cares about it. 
but mm-hmm. but they did. So like I was able to talk about it with them and they would understand. Like last week, I had my mom watch the first season of Mandalorian and she saw a Stormtrooper and she asked me, are they good or bad? I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> well, I saw this YouTube video essay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like you, you cannot be you cannot be serious. Um, and then um, so whenever anyone in my family decides to watch Star Wars, I'm kind of they, they know who to go to. They, they, they know. Um, so. I don't know. So I really had like a small friend group growing up of like people who like Star Wars. But like obviously with you guys like like you guys like are a family to me. So I mean you're the Star Wars family that like I kind of never got. Um so I really appreciate all of you and for me to be able to vent to you about all this random crap about species, space, yep. planets, mm. battles, <laughs> movies, TV shows, animated Behind the scenes, um, Kathleen Kennedy, because everyone likes to talk about her. Uh, At least once a month. <laughs> oh, you mean you mean the Antichrist, right? Uh, you mean the person that's been fired yeah. 25 times in a row and it's come out, somehow come back and George Lucas has taken over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy always just comes up everywhere. Um, but yeah, I appreciate everything that you guys uh, have done for me as a not just a Star Wars fan, but also a Star Wars creator and a Star Wars podcaster. So, yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. my spiel. For sure. Um, I mean, it's crazy. It's on so mine, crazy now. Oh, sorry. I, oh. oh, what was oh, that, Caleb? Oh, what was that, Caleb? I was going to say it's so crazy now because now you have that knowledge and now you're running tournament trivia tournaments. I, I know. <laughs> like, like none of it was hereditary. <laughs> <laughs> I just picked it up on my own, I guess. Uh, sorry about that, Carter. Oh, no. So I was going to say, so my dad is a teacher. And I remember I was probably in kindergarten or something. And he had all of his teacher friends over. And they were just binging the first six. And I was like, okay. So my dad sat me down and watched all six. And I started with Phantom Menace. And I just remember seeing Anakin burning in Revenge of the Sith and running to my <laughs> room. And just, like, <laughs> and just like bawling my eyes out. And I have like these Anakin toys, but I've never seen the movie. So I didn't know what they mean or what they meant. And I'm just like bawling Let me my guess. Eyes you, threw, you threw them in the fire pit <laughs> to, to make it canonically correct. <laughs> No, I didn't. I just was crying, holding it. Um, and then I did. There was I was always like a fan, but it wasn't really like I saw Force Awakens in theaters. I think I saw Rogue One in theaters, but like I I know for a fact I didn't see Rise of Skywalker in theaters, and I didn't really see Jedi. Yeah, I didn't, and it's kind of weird. And so this is where it all kind of began. Was huh. I? I always liked it, but I just like. I don't know, for some reason, I just didn't go to the theater and see it. So then one day during quarantine, I was like, oh, like, like I should probably watch this because whatever reason I'm behind, I watch it. And then I'm like, damn, I hate this movie. And I was like, I hated this. I fell into the trap. I was like, I hate the sequels. I hate all of this, blah, blah, blah. And then met guys like everybody. And I was like, wow, these things are actually some of my favorite things that I've ever watched. So like, this is amazing. And then, yeah, and then I introduced my mom to all the movies, and we watched all nine or all eleven movies. And Mando, now my like you guys were saying, like my dad's coming to ask me, like, so do I watch the Book of Boba Fett after the latest season of Mandalorian or before or whatever? So that's really cool. And then 
I've gotten one of my friends to watch everything. So I've gotten him to watch Clone Wars, Rebels, and I've gotten him to read Lost Stars. I was like, you have to read this book. You have to read this book. And then finally he actually read it. And I'm about to get my girlfriend to read Lost Stars too. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's cool to get, you know, some people involved with it too. I mean, it's not about just like making them like appreciate it, but it's also like give them like an understanding of like why you like it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because exactly. I mean, because I mean, I'm, I mean, someone who I'm a friend with, like, um, her dad is a huge Star Wars fan, and to be able to give a whole spiel about why I like it, juxtaposed to how he likes it, it's it's a cool dynamic. Like, it's a it's a fun mm-hmm. conversation to have. Um, just to be able to be like, oh yeah, what's your favorite movie? Oh, it's this, it's this. Oh, well, I like the sequels. Oh, well, I don't. Well, okay, well that's fine. I mean, like, whatever. That's your prerogative. <laughs> yeah. I'm not mocking movie her telling you that you're wrong and that I'm right and everything. It's just every single person's opinions is interesting and even if you have or if you haven't seen star wars i mean like i mean the least thing you can do is just understand why people like it yeah because i mean because in high school the amount of people i've talked to and they were like oh i i would watch star wars but i i don't i don't understand there's too much going on i'm like well okay well there's a kid he's he's an orphan he was picked up by and an uncle he wants, you know, a big adventure and he feels like that he's stuck and then he goes on and then he's secretly the son of one of the most like villainous people in the entire galaxy. And it's just a bunch of adventures more friends come along the way and there's a huge story about the force and like that's that's literally the gist of it. But there's so much more that comes into play. Um, yeah, even even just like with you guys, uh, like the different perspectives of like uh, mm-hmm. like the generational fans Uh and like i remember yes. yeah like it's always funny to hear people like oh yeah like I, I i didn't get into star wars like since quarantine or i didn't get you know like my fr- like hearing people say my first star wars movie was the force awakens like we're yeah. at that point where people are growing yeah. up they're adults and they're first like oh like i'm a teenager that enjoys movies like this and i started with the force awakens and i'm like i love it all but i'm like man this is wild like it's it's wild to me that people don't understand star wars drought of like not getting anything of just like you had three movies you would get books you would get comics and you would get video games and you got toys like that was it uh like there was no shows no movies like even when like the phantom menace came out like that like we like my whole family went to the theater to go see the phantom menace that was such a big deal yeah uh that a new star wars movie was coming out uh, and I, I loved it. Um, and uh, my dad always comments on every movie special effects. And, you know, um, it's it's funny because it, I think when kids watch movies today, so many movies today have so much CGI that it's like it's whatever. Like if you look at the Marvel movies, like those are all CGI. Yeah. And then but yeah. like coming from like even pre The Matrix like not mm-hmm. that movies didn't have that much CGI in it. So it was kind of jarring at first. And that was something my dad did comment. He was like, man, that's a lot of, that's a lot of hokey computer graphics they got in there. But obviously the pod racing scene, which still holds up. Uh, yeah. I mean, Chase, have you, I mean, I'm assuming yeah. you've seen the, the light and magic documentary, right? Uh, I haven't On seen Disney all Plus. of it, but I've seen, I've seen a good chunk of it. And, and it's yeah, incredible. I mean, it's it's a great like, documentary. it just, it just explains like ILM. And then <clears throat> when Jurassic park came out, was like mm-hmm. George Lucas is cute to like okay well we have the technology to make the prequels let's start doing this yeah if, I mean you... I I just recently rewatched Empire Strikes Back with uh my, one of my cousin's kids 
because they're getting into Star Wars and they're like four. And their favorite characters are uh, Boba Fett, Boba Fett, Boba Fett, Boba Fett, Boba Fett, Darth Mate, <laughs> Darth Ma- Darth Mater. Uh, Darth Mater. That's what they call Darth Mater. <laughs> Darth so, Mater. It, it's funny you bring up Boba Fett because it, it reminded me talking about like when we were growing up in Star Wars is that there was a rumor. I think this is exclusive to my elementary school. And this is when we didn't know anything about Boba Fett. Like Django Fett did not exist. It was like, you know, the visor, he's got 16 eyes and they're all lined up in a T shape. That's why there's the visor like that. Like we didn't know. No one knew. Like there was a book about him and a, and a comic book about him that was like, Oh yeah. But like, most people hadn't read that, especially like in like fourth and fifth grade. Yeah. So it was like, Oh, he's definitely an alien. Uh, and, he's yeah, got, he, and he wears the mask because he's so hideous, blah blah blah. And I was like, yeah. And now I'm like, nah, it's just Tamora Morrison. Yeah, it's so he's cool. yeah. <laughs> Someone got a little bit too far <laughs> into uh, the Mandalorian armor by KW Jeter. So going yeah, into visual effects though, like Empire Strikes Back, even watching that, you can start to see the beginnings of what is now because even then ILM was st- George made ILM to do what they do today. And like he he's it's part of the reasons why you gotta appreciate George, even if you can separate Star Wars from George now a little bit. Sure. I mean he's super important to filmmaking in yeah. general. Yeah. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. that yeah. I mean we wouldn't have this platform without George Lucas. Exactly. Digital and audio, yeah. editing. And the visual without the any of the visual effects people, John Knoll, um I mean yeah, I, I mean, like, I know there's a lot of news and hate and clickbaity things about George Lucas, yeah. Kathleen Kennedy and all that now. But like when I uh, we owe so much to George Lucas and, you know, I've always, you know, maybe this is like a really grim way of looking at it is like no one's immortal. George Lucas is going to die. No. George Lucas was old when the special editions yeah. were coming out. Uh, like I remember, if you watched the special edition VHS, you to see the gray. Yeah, they start they start that yeah. um, those movies with interviews with George Lucas on each film and what it was like and why he's doing these special editions. And he's got full gray hair at that point. That's thirty years ago, almost. Thirty, now. yeah, um, yeah. So yeah. he's you know he's he's an older guy and wearing like, plaid yeah, till we... the day he dies. Though that's yes. one of my. <laughs> Um, never without a plaid t-shirt we owe a lot to him you know he's 79 yeah Yeah, we can we can certainly look back and make criticisms and critiques about the things the things he did the decisions he made Mm -hmm. you know all sorts of stuff and and that's fine i think that's fair but like you know never disrespect george lucas but like we can move on once george lucas is is gone um, you know, he's he's no longer working with Star Wars. He's still on set, which I think is hilarious. Most people don't. Yeah. Really. He comes on set all the time he's, just to, he's just basically to see the what's friend. going on. Yeah. He's basically the friend that's like, hey, you're working on this thing. Okay, I'll um, come over. Yeah, the day that George <laughs> yeah, is that's yeah. underestimated. That's that's is, an understatement. Yeah, Pat, I think really, I think really I think the world's going to stop for a, for a solid minute. I think uh, it's, like, it'll be on par with Stan Lee. I think. Yeah. yeah. Or Carrie yeah. Fisher. Carrie Fisher for yep. sure. Um. But yeah, it's just like when I, when, no, I obviously I'm pretty fresh with the animated stuff. Yeah. Um, but I remember 
uh, when I first watched like the first two episodes of Rebels when they were airing, and I, I did enjoy them, I just never like continued with it. And I do remember people talking like, "Oh, this is terrible! It's not the Clone Wars." And I'm like, oh, "Here we go again." Everyone hated the Clone Wars when it came out. Believe it or not, people thought this was stupid. I thought the Clone Ahsoka's Wars. Ahsoka's annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Very soon. Uh, people people didn't like the skinny lightsabers. They didn't like the animation style. They wanted them to go back to Clone Wars. Blah blah blah. Well, now that George Lucas is gone, you know they're screwing up Disney or Star Wars animation. It's just Star like, Wars Aladdin. Yeah, especially with those first two episodes. That's and when we look. At like no, no 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 kind of like even to maybe like guide us back on on track a little yeah. bit even though this conversation great like yeah the stories that rebels created without george lucas and the stuff that was expanded upon stuff that he he worked on with dave filoni in the clone wars stuff that he had established like don't fucking forget we wouldn't have mandalorians if it wasn't for the holiday special uh <laughs> <laughs> um and, and seeing like this rich lore and like I've said, like I'm not the biggest Mandalorian person. Like I like the show. I like the, the characters involved with it, but I'm not like obsessed with it the way a lot of people are. But when we look at heroes of Mandalore and like the stakes and weight of the situations that are going on in episodes like this and how it's really diving deep into Mandalorian history and lore, it's like, wow, we've come so far from me thinking Boba Fett had 16 eyes Uh <laughs> to like an incredibly deep and rich civilization uh, that is like, that yeah. has its own language that people have learned to like read and speak um, that like, if you go to any convention, whether it's like Star Wars celebration or like an anime convention, there are people dressed up as Mandalorians, their own like little Mandalorian stuff. Like it's, it's awesome. And it's, I think this episode really does like kind of harp on that of like, there's so many things, so many facets of Star Wars that you can dive deep into and find like, a whole personality inside of it. Oh yeah. But I think also what's interesting is that like obviously the first or a new the original trilogy we learned that there's a galactic civil war and wars are so deep and you don't realize the nitty-gritty and kind of like these super important people that are in the rebellion until you watch Rebels and Andor and like really seeing if the rebels aren't successful in Rebels if the ghost crew isn't successful, like the rebellion probably or the empire probably would have won the war. And it's really cool to see that. And like get trying to get people into rebels. That's what I kind of say. Like these guys have to succeed or else Thrawn and everybody is going to yeah. prevail. Yeah. The war changes with tie defenders. Exactly. <laughs> the great tie defender to has returned. Yeah. I, that's, I was explaining that to someone today. I was like, no, no, no. If Thrawn is still there at that time and the tight offenders go through, it's over. It's G. War, war is probably done. So it's just, I don't know, it's cool. To that's, see. A, that's a whole other discussion. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, dis- I disagree. Yeah. Um, Wait, that, that's an interesting thing, Chase, because like, you're the ship guy, so like yeah. comparing, yeah. comparing the tight offender to like the whole opera, like, um, project stardust and the tide defender project that's been like a huge debate for a while about like yeah which one was what you know if the tide defender project went through it would they have won the war if the death star you know was more you know upkept and they didn't have any faults to them would they both hold up and because like star wars is just full of weapons yeah mass destruction 
and it's and, been that way since the nineties. Because even even the cla- like the old yeah, Legends <laughs> books. And yeah, no, ridiculous. people people get upset about the second Death Star and Starkiller Base. I'm like, y'all really liked. Uh, Y'all missed Knights the Star Crusher. Knights, yeah, Knights of the Old Republic and the Star Forge. It's just it's yeah. a pointy Death Star. Get over Star it. Forge. Yeah, it's a pointy Death Star that runs off the Force. Yeah, and I mean somehow even... the Star Forge runs off the Force. No oh, God. <laughs> somehow the Star Forge has returned. <laughs> imagine, imagine this is Star Forge. Just That's going to be Kotor three if they ever make it. Wait, so the Rakadans are still here. <laughs> Um, but no, this Boy, episode dives in. Scary. Looking to give back this holiday season? Donate to the Army Historical Foundation. For 40 years, the Army Historical Foundation has ensured our nation never forgets the sacrifices of those who serve. As the Army's nonprofit partner, the Foundation constructed the National Museum of the United States Army. The Foundation's work also extends beyond the museum's walls, restoring artifacts, touring historic battlefields, and remembering all we owe to America's Army veterans. Donate today at ArmyHistory.org. How long was Neil Armstrong actually on the moon? When did Europe start speaking English? Did Marco Polo really go to China? CuriosityStream is the streaming service for all things history, plus science, wildlife, and more. What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. For the holidays, get the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com slash gift. I just said these big and scary weapons is a great segue into your question, Char. Exactly. I mean, that was what I was about to say. Like, Heroes of Mandalore touches base on the weapon that's being created, the arc pulse generator called the Duchess, which is able to take out Mandalorians like it's nothing. Can just bypass the Beskar and just grill them. And... And when you see like what it's capable of, it's it's kind of frightening to see what it was able to do to Sabine's people, the machine that she created. And I just want to to see because there's so many different weapons, as I said before. Wh- what do you think is the scariest weapon in Star Wars? It could be Legends, it could be the expanded universe, or it can be canon. Which one is the scariest? I- I've got two. Uh, I got a good one. one uh and i I can definitely touch on this because the argument against this i think is the dumbest freaking thing um the final order eternal fleet i think is the scariest weapon Mm. um like just many started like star destroyers attached or star star death stars attached to star destroyers um and I, i think the argument of oh this doesn't make any sense and i'm like we're talking about 30 years of technological advancement in universe. And I'm like, go back to a cell phone from 30 years ago and tell me that it's the same thing as your cell phone today uh, or, or a computer or a car from the same amount of time ago. Even if we look at uh, go into like military stuff, like uh, a plane from 30 years ago versus a plane today not even close to the same thing and even televisions too like yeah. technology yeah. gets smaller and more powerful that's yeah. mm-hmm. that's literally how evolution goes with technology yeah so i i think the sith eternal fleet is really cool really terrifying um and i, I do love the contrast of this um like on exegol this perfectly aligned grid of formation of the final order fleet and then the contrast of the resistance and new Republic scattered ships coming in from the distance of all shapes, all sizes coming in wherever they could come in from and just showing like that 
the the chaos of like the goodness and people versus the order of the uh the final order and the remnants of the empire so i love the, the symbology and imagery in that uh that scene but from uh legends the thought bomb from the bane trilogy <sighs> stupid as shit yeah <laughs> really fucking stupid but like the idea that like it's just you terrifying. can you, with like a sorry you can uh you can cast a force spell that just disintegrates every living thing around it um what just yeah dumb as hell <laughs> dumb as hell and, and it then it craps called, your it, souls yes it's terrifying yeah it, it's this thing that like bane convinces um the uh the sith army i forget what they call it um, it's the brotherhood of uh darkness Lord yeah Khan. Yeah, oh god, Khan <laughs> is the dumbest. <laughs> Khan has to be the dumbest Sith Lord ever to exist. Uh, that's a he, whole other he uh, he convinces a, a Sith general, uh, oh, and, and General Hoth, uh, and the army, army of light, yeah, uh, the army of army of light to man counteract the Brotherhood of Darkness. I can't believe Disney killed off the expanded universe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but the, the weapon the weapon is just a a power of the force that just disintegrates life uh with just basically like meditation and, and misplaced meditation and bane just using it against the own like sith a uh, brotherhood of darkness and like they explode in this in a cave i think is when they do this yeah they were they were doing the ritual in a cave yeah and uh and it explodes essentially the life on the planet in like a something kilometer radius. It's basically a nuke of the force. Mm -hmm. uh, pretty terrifying. Pretty stupid. Worst it's, name it's very for stupid. anything. <laughs> but like it is like man, that just wipes out everything around it. Kind so of so many good things. So many good things though wrapped around it because Jedi outcasts. I mean, and Calcutarn, Valley of the Jedi, all that stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, thought bomb terrifying but stupid um i i have to agree that the zeistin class like star destroyers mm -hmm. from they they are dead they are deadly because like i was originally thinking well you know uh star killer base because it takes out a it has to take out not just one solar system but two at the very least because it sucks all of the energy from the nearby star to then power yeah. up and then blow up five <laughs> planets. Yeah. Um, so it's taking out two systems in that case, but the Zeistin could do more than that because there's so many of them. And so, and the portability, because they're smaller, like we said, technology gets smaller, so becomes more effective and in this case, more deadly. Um, for Legends, I've already mentioned it, the Sun Crusher. <laughs> oh no! Uh, <laughs> Dang it, Disney! <laughs> what it does, yeah. What it does is it creates a supernova, and it can survive a supernova wave, but nothing else can. So, uh, the only way they got rid of it is I think they had to pilot it into a sun, and then that way nobody could get to it. Which means it's still there. It's just nobody can get to it. Force pull. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's yeah i wonder why disney got rid of these books <laughs> yeah Harris. Harris. Yes. travis 
I bet we're thinking the same one, and I'm gonna count down. I know to we three, are. And we're gonna and we're gonna say this. We're gonna say this. We're doing this thing. again. Okay. All right. Three, wait, 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 wait. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say three, three. two, one. The leveler. The leveler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the leveler. Yeah. I mean, what's more scary? And I mean, the thing is scary in itself, but how it's written is oh. like it's silent, and then like. Like just nothing, or adrenaline, just GG. Like I don't know, just the way I don't like GG. Written is so <laughs> the way it's written is just so scary and yeah. T- for it to have such an impact on a character like Stellan Geos, saying for the first time, Stellan Geos is afraid, and to end the book like that because With of furry. what he saw. But, was afraid. But what afraid. He's afraid. afraid. Was like, oh, what? Oh, sorry. <laughs> for the first time, clear your mind. It's like for the first time, Stellan Geos is afraid, and it's like, holy shit! This is taking a full-grown Jedi Knight, and what he saw is, is there's there's. I mean, there's just watching him. Get I don't know. Sick. That's watching him get sick yeah. over throughout <laughs> the book, <laughs> just from being in vicinity of. Yes. It. I mean, <laughs> the, uh, I mean, what, one... what's more scary than that? I mean, the ending of Rising Storm being that line, you're just like, yes. first time you feel afraid. And then it's like, this is an audiobook presented by Mark Thompson. You're like, what? <laughs> you can't just end it there. I, I don't, I don't like you. this book, but the Revan novel, oh, yeah. uh, not a good book. I've read it multiple times. Not a good book. <laughs> I disagree, but Ooh. that's fine. What Vitiate does to Nathema, oh, yeah. I think... The writing that Drew Carbershin does is, I think, very similar to what you guys are discussing of like uh, the eternal emperor of the old republic drains the force from a planet completely. And when Revan and Mitra Sturek and I forget, I think Candorus is with him. Um, no, it's a uh, scourge. Oh, yeah. Lord Scourge. Yes, because Candorus had to stay back so he could reunite the Mandalorian clans. Right. What a good job you did, by the way, Candorus. Yeah, it worked out perfectly. Uh, They basically, the way it's described is basically they get off of the planet and they feel nothing. Like they want to feel cold, but can't feel anything. Um, And it's just like this very like desolate description of nothingness. And like seeing what used to be there, but can't feeling like, like there's no feeling of anything there. Like it's all artificial, but they know that there was something here at one point. And it's the way he wrote it of like, that is genuinely creepy and terrifying. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the draining of the force of Nathema also just kind of terrifying. Char, what are you going to do? Yeah, definitely. Char, what about, yeah, what about you? Yeah, mine is... Um... It's my favorite weapon in Star Wars. It, it, it is canon, um, and I'm pretty sure it's it, it's very intimidating. It's the seismic charge. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it is the coolest weapon, yeah. and you do not want to be near it at nope. all. <laughs> Uh, forever forever defending the book of boba fett and boba fett dropping a seismic charge into the sarlacc pit <laughs> like top yeah, five star yes, wars moments yeah. yes. i know like who who would have thought that was the way the sarlacc actually went out like here uh, yeah, here's dinner charge, seismic charge is great um yeah. the seismic charge was my favorite sound in star wars yes. until the holdo maneuver yes oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that I, I think that also coupled with the visuals 
of the Holden maneuver, but man, the the right. It's it's of also that perfect so for both of them. It's that perfect timing. Silence. No sound. Sa- yeah, yeah, silence. Yeah. And then the sound. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't do know. something about the seismic charge. Just I don't know. It just I can it's watch great. it on repeat every day, and it would very nostalgic. It. It's, it's very it's, yeah, it never it's gets very cold. nostalgic. Like you, like my reaction to seeing it when in season two, episode seven of Mando, when they were you know evading you know everyone and only on a, on Morak and just. Whoop. Boom, and this takes out two tie, tie fighters at the same time in like, the in the yes. theaters when, when attack of the clones was coming out um well that was definitely a movie that was criticized i think pretty shortly after mostly mostly just because of the dialogue of that movie coming out of the theater being like a young teenager everyone was walking out of the theater going like that was like (laughs) we hadn't like the the tie fighter and the lightsaber were like the iconic sounds of star wars outside of the score and then we didn't really have anything after that pod racers the from the pod racers was pretty cool but everyone talked about how cool the seismic charges were especially in the theater never hearing them saying things like you said that silence like what is that and then that huge boom you're like whoa I was like, this is sick. This is going to be a stupid question. I know they did it for The Last Jedi. For Attack of the Clones, they had to put a warning up saying there's like 15 seconds of silence that is intentionally in the movie. Because I know with Last Jedi, that was no, a whole like, no, thing. No. They had to that put was... a warning on the, like, in most theaters saying, like, I yes, don't even remember that for The Last for Jedi. A, minute, a second. Like, yeah, there's, yeah I don't in our theater, there was that warning. Wow. Like, the, the weekend after, it was like, like, yes, the film is silent. It's the point. <laughs> oh, wow. Huh. People yeah, I mean, weird. I feel like an underrated sound in Star Wars is the N1 Starfighter scream. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That one is nostalgic. Yeah. Great. Like, like I can, like, I do, like, I don't know why I do this, but whenever I'm driving my car and I'm going like, like at least 40 miles an hour or over, I always put like either Millennium Falcon sound effects or uh, Slave <laughs> One sound effects. And like, I'm pretending like I'm flying the ship as I'm going like, 70 80 on the highway it, it just feels incredible like it just i don't know i like making myself immersed in a way i don't know it's just a thing i do yeah i'll always go um there's like a scene in the rise of skywalker or the scenes i was skywalker about kylo's trying to run over ray oh just yeah like staring <laughs> in. Like every single time i'm like driving and i'm going fast i'm like that are you talking about when he's in the uh the whisper and uh mm-hmm. yes. and ray's does yeah, the back yeah man. that like yeah. even that being in the tra- that being in the trailer was fantastic yeah and just seeing her backflip over the tie you're like okay this is going to be sick but even like watching it in the movie you're like oh oh yeah yeah that had to be the smartest advertisement move they did for that film. oh yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah Are you kidding me the excitement just from that one jump <laughs> and also the way that it's cut with loose dialogue over with like like the generations uh, living you now and she activates the lights oh it's just... yeah and and just just seeing how high she jumped up just Right there, like not a single word has been said, it just shows you how far she's gotten into her training. Yeah, like, yeah, it's crazy. Nah, bro, she's a Mary Sue. It's not canon. Yeah, but they're gonna do canonize the sequels tomorrow. Yeah, right. God, I don't, after, I don't want to talk yeah. about that. I got into a feud on, on chases. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ray Midwalker. Ray Midwalker. <laughs> anyway, going back on a positive note, moving forward. <laughs> Next question. Uh, so we see on um, these two episodes and 
Charles of the Dark Saber. We really get to dive deep into Sabine's character. We get to learn a lot about her. Um, we really get to see her grow as a character from season one all the way to this point, to what happens with Kanan later on, all the way through. With the upcoming Ahsoka series, what do you guys hope that that we see in Sabine Wren? What what do you hope that the what characteristics do you hope that she obtains? And let's go to CJ first. I'm I so we start to kind of see this level of confidence and leadership in her near the end of Rebels. Yeah. And I would really like to see her having completed that arc in a way by the start of Ahsoka where she's already a confident leader and we see like because we're going to see Lethal we're going to see Lethal post Return of the Jedi and it would be nice to see her kind of almost taking a role of running things on Lethal I think because I could imagine her in that position uh, and maybe even having to come to uh, come back to terms with connecting with her family again more because we see that she's starting to connect but she never goes back to them because she has her mission still to complete but that mission's done by return of the jedi other than to find ezra yeah and that's not just to kind of piggyback off of that with leadership me being the giant ezra fan that i am i'm just praying that she's like no we need to find him like this is extremely important so all my hope is in sabine right now I mean, I'm not the piggyback off the piggyback, but I guess here we are. One of the things that I noticed during this episode, and I feel like it's going to come back with Ahsoka, is like, like Sabine's very rageful in this episode, like just trying to get to her dad. Mm-hmm. Like it's like whatever it takes, whatever we need. Like, and like she's like yelling at Ezra, like you need to get in there now. Like I can see like Sabine kind of being like that for Ezra, like because this is like the last thing she's holding on to with the mission. It's just getting to Ezra. So I can see her kind of like with the Imperial. Uh, Kyrie's like, I don't even know what to call them, like the Sith, kind of like, you know what I'm talking about, like the, the Darksiders, the mm-hmm. hero of Darksiders. I could see mm-hmm. her like fighting him with Ezra's lightsaber and her being like rageful. Like the way we kind of see her in this episode. Yeah, well, how about you, Chase? Um, there's like a theme that I like to see in Star Wars that very rarely gets explored, and that's like the skeleton in the closet theme. Um, and I would like to almost see it like a a call back to this episode or this arc of like, well, she kind of has like come to terms and come to peace um, with the Duchess uh, and what it, what it did to her people uh, and how she kind of, you know, turned it against the empire in the end um, still having to like have those repercussions. Cause like we see in the Mandalorian that the empire is the remnants of the empire, I should say. And then the fledgling first order is still borrowing Mandalorian technology and using it against Mm -hmm. their own Mandalorians and her having to continuously throughout her life deal with, even though it may not be directly her mistakes catching up to her, but her having to deal with it. It's like my biggest thing with Poe is if we continue Poe's story, he needs to answer to all the things he did in the last Jedi. uh, And before then, um, Erica Quell is my favorite example of this. I bring it up too much, but like having her having to continuously answer for what she did and having to make that a part of her to become a better person. And I think Sabine, well, she's a much better person than Erica Quell is um, by leaps and bounds. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think I, I would like to see her 
her version of that of you are a good person. You just can't come to terms with the fact that you're a good person. Uh, whereas Erica Quill had to learn to become a good person and just like her being like, I'm not a good person. Everyone's like, no, Sabine, you are fine. Um, you just need to accept that. And like, I think having some type of even tie into like Mandalorian season three of what the empire remnants of the empire is doing with uh, Mandalorians still mm-hmm. to that day, uh, I think would be really cool to see and having her have to like combat those old wounds like yet again uh, something i think would be really cool to see i mean i feel like that was one of the best parts of this episode was sabine's accountability like we don't really mm-hmm. see that in star wars option being like no mm-hmm. i did these things i screwed over my people i created the weapon that's going to destroy us but mm-hmm. i'm going to be the one that like destroys it for you guys like, like yeah you've never seen like we've seen redemption arcs but we've never seen like it to this extent of like no i screwed up it was on me let me yeah. fix her it. taking the blame is very big like yeah. because she easily yeah. could have not almost like, yeah almost every character that has a redemption arc save for sabine and tam uh gets off scot-free mm-hmm. uh yeah at, at least at least as far as like the visual media like there are books mm-hmm. like again erica quell does not get it. Well, she she does. That's not fair. <laughs> spoilers for spoilers for victory's price. Um, it but it's like there are it's it's a circumstantial forgiveness from the new mm-hmm. republic. But mm-hmm. like with Sabine and with Tam, there is like owning up to what you did, and and luckily Tam doesn't go to the extent that Sabine does. Yeah. Um, in her arc, now her redemption arc, I think is wildly different, mm-hmm. but is also just so much. Hers and Sabine are so well written, not just like we totally forgive you for killing like trillions of people because yeah. there's good in you. Yeah, uh, the 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 moment between Sabine and Bo Katan in, in these episodes when they're talking about the creation of the weapon and also like the fact that it's named after <laughs> Oh, that was the best moment of the it's episode. Like, it's just a string of it's like it's a string of mistakes, okay? Like that, but they have like an actual discussion though before they they raid that the the imperial facility, and it's every day my employees get scam emails. I wanted to protect my business and clients, so I checked out CISA's Secure Our World. They've got four simple ways we can protect our businesses from online threats. Learn more at cisa.gov forward slash Secure Our World. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. It's more than you would have expected for Star Wars when it comes to redemption arcs. I mean, yeah. Also, the, the fact that like Sabine goes too far and Bo has to pull her back and be like, like, don't rise to their levels. Yeah, yeah. Like that's it, one of the best moments in Rebels. 
and I think that, you know, even up until the finale of season four is we, we do see Sabine still struggle with certain things. Um, and I don't think the struggle should ever end for someone. Um, there should always be that struggle up until the very, um, that's what makes characters really interesting. So seeing Sabine still struggle with, like I said, ghosts of the past. Like I, I think like Moff Gideon's programs should be like mentioned in Ahsoka. Uh, and Sabine mm-hmm. should feel guilty about those programs. Not that they're her fault, but I would like to see like like a visceral yeah. reaction from Sabine to Moff Gideon's programs. Because we also have to consider that Sabine in Rebels is a young adult. She's only 19 by the end of the series. Mm-hmm. She's going mm-hmm. through emotions like all yeah. over because teenagers and young adults, we get they we got emotional at those ages. And, and on top of the crazy situations they're in that feeds into those emotions and it's going to get what we get out of these characters. We see it with Ezra. We see it with Sabine because they're the, they're the kids of the crew. And so they feel like there's a lot of weight on them that might not completely be there, but they, they tend to be quick at wanting to take accountability when they realize their mistakes. Um, And sometimes they go overboard with it. (laughs) Yeah. Someone in Star Wars going overboard. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah first i've heard of it <laughs> yeah Char, what about you what do you hope to see from Sabine? well i mean just all of you guys have been saying just be able to own up to your mistakes because i'm sure that we'll see in the show because let's be honest we all know ezra is gonna like ezra's not just gonna be a hologram he's gonna show up yeah, so I'm. I'm He's body bag. I'm sure. No, 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 no. He better. He <laughs> Sabine, better Sabine will. I feel like there will come a time because I'm sure Ezra, within the time frame, he has matured a lot. I mean, ten years has gone by, so a lot has changed from him, and he's seen things and he's experienced things. And I'm sure Sabine's going to be very emotional. She's going to be very uh, sorrowful. She's gonna be you know apologizing for everything like i you know i should have done this this is like kind of like reminiscing like all like the times where like she could have like done things a different way but they never went the right way it because i mean it wasn't her fault all the time it was because of like them meeting chased by the empire 24 7 mm-hmm. um yeah but i hope that like they'll come to terms with everything that happened within that that time frame and being like hi uh, how are you kind of like kind of like doc ock and Peter Parker and No Way Home. They're like, oh, hi. It's been a while. Um, I, I'm sorry that I almost tried to, you know, this, this, and that. But uh, I just hope that there's like a lot of compassion when they uh, when they see each other again. So, um, yeah, just be able to um, own up to the uh, own up to her mistakes. As yeah, we, we see are, in this episode, we are a month and a half away. About so. that's yeah. wild. That is, I know, and, and the timing wild. of this podcast, the timing of which we are covering these shows, is it's oddly perfect. perfect. It's so perfect. We the final the, episode of this will air the week as it comes out. We move things around crazy and make it happen because literally, like even it in the trailer, planned. the trailer of the show is in the last episode of Rebels. So the timing is just spot on. We will have everything done. We'll have a recap. Well, it'll be great. I'm just so stoked for Ahsoka. And everything in this final season is everything you need to know about this show, honestly. If you want to get a recap of Rebels before you go and see Ahsoka, just literally just watch season four. 
it tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. Season one, two, that, and three, actually, it gives yeah. you into the characters. It tells you like what happens to specific characters, like what happened to Darth Maul, season three. You know, what happened to Ezra? Why is Ezra like the, the way he is? We'll watch season one, watch his like his gr- growth as a Jedi, watch him having to deal with the Grand Inquisitor and the fifth, the fifth brother and the seventh sister and the eighth brother Vader. and everyone within Vader, that time frame. Yeah. But season I think, four, I you're. Yeah, I think you're dead on. Like for someone who's just looking for a quick recap of like, mm, what do I need to know before getting into Ahsoka? Like season four of Rebels, I think. Yeah. Like, if you really don't care yeah. about who is who and 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 like, it's pretty obvious who is who in season four. You know, I think they have those characters established, yeah. and mm-hmm. you get the Kanan and Hera relationship. You know, you get Sabine and Ezra's relationship. You get to know who Chopper is. Um, like you don't get all the deep the deep details of everyone. No but like you understand what's going on in the last season um, and just watching it all the way through, I think we'll prepare anyone for Ahsoka. Yeah. It's because also... I mean, at the very end, you find out like about, about Jason's and Dula. I mean, you also see how Kanan goes because you're like, Oh yeah. Why isn't Kanan there? Well, Kanan, Kanan dies in the last season. Yeah. And you'll see why Spoiler. does, you know, where did everyone go? Because at the very end, obviously I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Sabine does the recap of like, yeah. Of everyone. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It tells you like where everyone went because I mean you see in the man in Mando season three that Zeb is part of the New Republic defense, and yeah. it's 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 very it's it's very quick. I mean, yeah. in the first two, the like one and two is an arc, the one that we're covering today, and then next week will be three and four, which is an arc. So I mean, now you can get through season four pretty fast. It's only sixteen episodes. Yeah, it's it's not. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. what average season is what twenty two. 22 uh, 22 but for rebels, rebels it was 20 except for season one. Oh yeah yeah 23 because tv movies yeah 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 so i mean like season four literally this season right here will prepare you for ahsoka i'm, I'm just so excited to be able to yeah. cover it. it's such it's so it's so perfectly orchestrated but like impromptu at the same time because Luke has done this plenty of times before where he's scheduled things and they just time up. They, they just line up Near so... Perfection. Yeah. They they line up perfectly but unintentionally. It's weird how he did this because he did this with Clone Wars and... This was Obi-Wan. years ago this was released. Like, we've had the Rebel scan. Like, it's been like yeah. over a year and a half since Rebels, all of Rebels yeah. has been planned. It just so happened to be that the last episode lined up with when when we didn't even have any clue when ahsoka was going to come up yeah we did yeah i mean i heard that uh ahsoka was actually getting canceled uh so yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah i heard that too yeah john favreau Filoni, kathleen kennedy kathleen the, uh, kennedy's upset and destroyed it you know yep exactly well char do you want to get into your three interesting facts about the arc you know what hey harith i would fire up that little uh that little thing you got over there to figure out i've never done this <laughs> it's you could just say it three interesting facts about a certain rebels arc that you didn't know about until now okay just for you chase i will say it three interesting facts about a certain rebels arc that you didn't know about until now part Deja 42 too. heroes <laughs> <laughs> heroes part 42 heroes of mandalore edition fact one the dawn of beskar the armor of the Mandalorian warriors is, for the first time, referred to as Beskar on screen. This is a term introduced in Star Wars Legends Republic Commando novels by Karen Travis, giving the name to a concept of Mandalorian armor. 
first introduced in the 90s comics of Tales of the Jedi by Tom Veitch. Fact two, the perks of Celebration. This episode was first publicly shown at Star Wars Celebration Orlando on April 15th, 2017, a full six months before its television debut. It was just like us with um, Tales of the Jedi. Jedi. Yeah, Yeah. with the Ahsoka episode. Fact three. Fact three. Fact three. An original insignia concept. An earlier iteration of the story had Sabine knighting her Mandalorian soldiers with the Darksaber, creating a scorch mark on their armor. And there you have it. Those are the three interesting facts about Heroes of Mandalore. So So they never once say Beskar in the Clone Wars. No. Uh, But I was actually actually there for the Orlando one. And I was... uh, I was upset for multiple reasons because uh, that's also Did you not get when... into the panel no i was i was in that panel i was i watched the episode i was upset because the episode left us off on that cliffhanger but also like previous celebrations they showed both parts of a two-parter episode <gasps> and that first one that yeah and that one they only showed the first half and so they were like all right you watched it bye <laughs> it's just like oh no that's great i love it <laughs> And, but that was also the year where Dave was being all playful about the Ahsoka Lives stuff, too, because that's when. The oh, big, yeah, because he had the T-shirt that, that he would come out in. Uh-huh. That's when the big T-shirt thing happened, when he switched T-shirts mid, like he during the the panel, he switched T-shirts. <laughs> Dave Filoni is such a menace. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he knows what he's doing. I mean, he when, does. We, when we saw Tales of the Jedi. And when he did the whole yeah. thing about just like, oh, yeah, I just casually was writing this on, on, a, on a plane ride. And then, hey, here you go. Here's, here's the first episode. <laughs> and then we got to wait five, six months for the actual show to release. And we're like, oh, my God, you scoundrel. Now we got to yeah. wait half a year for this. I mean, he, he just yeah. knows how to be creative and promote what he's doing. Oh, no, he's he's a, he's he's brilliant. But yeah. he'll 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 get you excited enough to he'll, wait. He'll troll you a bit, but it's a fun troll. He'll get you yeah. excited enough to wait. That, that's that's the brilliance of him. Sure. Well, without further ado, let's get into ranking the episodes. So we have Bad Ensign, Okay Lieutenant, Good Captain, Great Admiral, Chef's Kiss, Grand Admiral. Let's go to Chase first. Oh, I'd give this a Grand Admiral. I think this is, I mean, this is such a strong start to a season. And the last time we got a season four start, it was pretty terrible. Um, so, uh, to make up for a season four start, this is this is fantastic. Um, are, you, are we talking about season four of uh, Clone Wars? The, the Mon Cala arc. Oh yeah. my yeah, god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prince day for Prince Lee Charger. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, this is just a great opening to a season. Um, I think it's I think it's fantastic. I think the themes of it are incredible. I think what it uh, I think Sabine has had like has had really good character arcs throughout this, but going from trials of the dark saber to heroes of Mandalore kind of back to back for Sabine arcs. is just like, just so intense for her character and just the payoff at the end and like the learning experience and how she deals with everything is incredible. That kind of like, I can't imagine watching just the first episode and thinking everyone's gone. That would suck. Uh, yeah, that would be terrible. But also just, hilarious they did that. I just imagine yeah. the contrast, was... like the episode fading, and then you hear the classic like celebration, like music come up with a cantina band, and they're like, that's the end of this episode. You're just like, what the hell? 
Well, no, because you still got the you still got that sad, really good music that they have at that first episode. They still played that, but then yeah, oh yeah, going back out onto out onto the main floor. Whenever uh, whenever the main theme doesn't play at the end, it's you know it's never good. Yeah, Yeah. whenever. Yeah, that sad theme, which we're gonna get that a lot this season. Yeah, Yeah, whenever it goes white. This um yeah, this episode was great um or these uh, these episodes are yeah. are really really good um one thing about this that we, we haven't really touched on is the color palette of this episode is really incredible yeah. it mm-hmm. is a pale yellow pretty much the entire time where rebels has very much been an incredibly colorful show comparatively to like what the clone wars was and just to have this very muted um like very bright but muted color palette for pretty much the entire two episodes was really cool to watch. Uh, and when it sets the everything. tone for the season, yeah, yeah, sets the tone uh, yeah. The and the location because they're on that Mandalore is basically a dead world mm-hmm. at this point, also um, because they did yeah. it for budget reasons because well, they yeah. only had could use local, well, yeah. yeah. Um, I also and with you on Grand Admiral. It's just, it's such a strong start to a season, to the final season. And even at Celebration, I knew this, like just watching that first episode and being left where we were, not knowing the fate of Sabine's mom and brother, like it's fantastic. And then now, and then you get the second half where you get to know the fate and you go through Sabine's arc. It's, it's just really good. Mm-hmm. And it sets the it sets the tone for the season, and I think it does a good job of taking us where we need to go next. For sure, uh, Harith, what about you? I feel like I'm going to break the trend here. Like, I rarely give it up episodes of Grand Admiral. It has to like hit that like kind of Jedi Knight, Cloud of the Apprentice, Trial of the Dark Sabers, and I feel like it's almost there. It's like a hair off, but I got to go with Admiral. Yeah, yeah, respectable. Char, what about you? Harith. <clears throat> Harith, I'm writing shotgun. It's an admiral for me. And I'm in the backseat because it's also an admiral. It's not <laughs> <All> quite... <right. laughs> we got a triangle car a here. <laughs> we got a few more space in the family. back if you guys want to join us. <laughs> and like Harris said, it's not quite a family reunion and farewell. It's not quite a no. try of the apprentice. It's not a it Jedi does, It does stand out. The story... It, it's it does a very strong kickstarter up. for season four in the finale season that it's it's a very good starter but yes. it's oh, it's sure. not it's one not that's like it's not one that you remember every day yeah. like there's other than ones, me who's been scarred by dave <laughs> there's ones that like <laughs> like when you think of rebels you don't like you think about three or four arcs that stand yeah. out yeah and i mean well, what's crazy about season four is once you get to uh, Hera being captured, it's all one arc. Mm-hmm. I would say mm-hmm. it's all just one continuous arc, which makes it. Really I'm saying this is season four is my favorite season of Star Wars television, just period, straight up. Same, same. Anyway. It's good. Yeah. It's really good. It doesn't stop being good. Yeah, yeah. It just gets good and keeps stay steady and from here. Yeah, I mean, I think the strongest thing about Rebels is how consistently good it is. Um, like there, there are. I think there are episodes that are certainly slower than some of the episodes, but there's always something good. You always learn something about one of the main characters in each episode. Um, so it is a really, really strong show. As much as I love 
resistance and love kind of like pandering towards resistance. Like there's definitely episodes in there that are just, you know, mindless fun, not anything really going on, but rebels is just so consistently fantastic. Um, love this show. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you guys all for joining us. Uh, Chase, where can the good people find you? You can find me on the internet on TikTok. At forward into the black um you can also find me on twitch every once in a while I haven't really been streaming too much been pretty busy with work and a few other things work related and life related but um usually talking about star wars talking about star citizen and we'll be talking about starfield once it comes out but uh, a lot of that will be probably star citizen adjacent uh talking about it and then obviously relating it back to star wars but soon i'll get back into the whole streaming thing yeah, thanks so much for having or thanks so much for coming on. Uh, CJ, how about you? Uh, so y'all can find me on YouTube, Twitch, TikTok, all the apps uh, on uh, Kick on Escape Reality Films, uh, where I for Twitch and Kick, I've been streaming some Boulders Gate uh, Enhanced Edition leading up to BG3. Uh, is on... Kick, Kick is not the bootleg messaging app you're talking no, about. No, no, right? no, no, no. Oh, no, King no, is no, like no. the um, the no, no. I had that confusion. I had that confusion too when I first heard about it. But they were like, "No, it's K I C K. It's a new yeah. streaming." It's, it's oh, I remember you get paid. I was like, "Hey, man, I think Kick is used for Other something things. else today. Yeah. If that's what you're yeah, promoting, I, yeah. app. I, I used that thing like ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But Mondays and Fridays." and it depends when i feel like getting on <laughs> to be honest but i try to at least be on by four um for streaming uh central time uh and then i've also i didn't mention it at the top but i did finally uh release a i've been working on a tabletop role-playing system oh i saw that and i finally released this uh system reference document for it uh because i don't have the the complete rule set ready to release on a book but i am ready to release the system reference document for free for the public um and y'all can find that on my website at escaperealitybooks.weebly.com i can't afford to pay for weebly yet um but <laughs> yeah y'all can find it there and it's free um the idea of releasing the system reference document is to like the creative people be able to use it to make their own adventures and stuff campaign settings and all that with it and just use my rule set for free and and but you can also just, if you have friends and you want to try it out, it's a free way to do that. Uh, I know that d and is big right now. I, I would know. I play so much of it. But uh, it's my own original system, Pat. It's it's kind of a blend of all my favorite systems that I've played. So it's a little bit. it's got a little bit of Pathfinder in there, a little bit of D&D, but also a little bit of the Fantasy Flight Star Wars system type of mechanics all bundled into my own I- original ideas because I... I I like RPGs, and so I figured, why not make my own? That's cool. That that's incredible. Sick. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, everybody can go check it out. That sounds actually incredible. Yeah, um, so well, that's hey, everything that I've been up to. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. Hey, good people. Well, you can you. find me on Hair Productions on TikTok, Instagram, and Threads. Hey, look, we got we got the new hive. Oh. Oh. <laughs> and Threads. Oh, the threads. Damn Threads. You're Take telling me if Hive world. didn't didn't work Sunday out for Hive, yeah. I know, Chase. You would have saw that coming. I know. I mean, of course, you can find me here underscore edits on Twitter, uh, Twitter, and then you can find me here on the Pod Ones. Perfect, Char. 
Char find you. Good people. You can find me on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at charcharj as spelled right here. And you can find me here on the Pod <laughs> Ones podcast every Thursday night as we cover our Star Wars Rebels rewatch. Check us out next week as we cover episode 104, episodes three and four in the name of the Rebellion. And check us out for more trivia. And, and you can oh, yeah, find me here on the Pod Ones pod. Find me here on the Pod Ones podcast and on Instagram at Carter Diver. We thank you all for joining us. May the force be with you. Always. Always. See you guys. Bye. <laughs> Israel is 5,690 miles away from the U.S., 11 hours by plane. Hate travels faster. In a comment, in a post, in a second. Jewish hate is up 388% in the U.S. Black hate, Muslim hate, and Asian hate are up too. When one hate rises, they all do. Let's stand up to all hate together. Share and wear the blue square from StandUpToJewishHate.org. Paid actor portrayal. I didn't see it coming. Life can be so unpredictable. After losing my dad, it made me think about my family if something were to happen to me. The mortgage, car payments, and all the other bills. Even things like our annual summer vacation would be out of reach. I had heard about life insurance through Ethos and how easy it was to get coverage. They were right. I knew it was time to stop putting it off and get life insurance right now. I got on my computer and went to ethoslife.com. In just 10 minutes, I was covered. And boom, family protected. Thanks to Ethos, my family won't have to worry about the bills if the unpredictable happens to me. Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance. Up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at ethoslife.com slash audio. That's ethoslife.com slash audio.